All right. Today we are joined by Tom Timmerman, Timmerman of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the first ever beat writer for St. Louis City SC. Tom, thanks so much for coming on and for your time. How's how are things going? Uh, you know, things are fine. You know, um, as as uh, as opening day approaches, uh, you know, the uh, the excitement uh, is mounting about uh, about the team. So it'll be uh, it'll be a fascinating season, I believe. That's for sure. How's the switch going from uh, going from hockey to soccer? Um, it's it, fine, actually. I mean, especially since the uh, the Blues have uh, you know fallen apart. So uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's not like I'm missing a whole lot. It's uh, it's uh, it'd be just it would be an, it would be uh, say uh, aggravating, but it would be it, it's a point in the season where it'd be kind of challenging on the Blues beat. So this is going to be far more far more fun. And we don't know how this season's going to work uh, for City SC, but uh, uh, it's going to be well. There will be a lot going on on the Blues beat. It'll be more entertaining, I think, on the St. Louis City beat. We hope so. We hope so for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, what are your what are your expectations for this team for its inaugural season? Yeah, I have absolutely no way of knowing how good this team is or isn't going to be. I mean, they've got, you know, they don't have a lot of MLS experience, so it's hard to say how these, you know, who, you know, I have a hard time saying how Edward Leuven is going to play in MLS now. Uh, you know, or any of these other guys, you know, how, how is Rasmus Alm's game going to translate? How is uh, Isak Jensen's game going to translate? I got no idea. Um, you know, I was talking to Tim Parker the other day. He seems enthusiastic about it, but, you know, there's just an awful lot going on. Um, these guys make this, you know, transition from playing in Europe to playing in America or guys who haven't played a whole lot in MLS to playing a lot. I mean, you've only got like maybe three guys, four guys on the team that have any significant MLS experience. So it's hard to say. And, um, you know, it'd be one thing if these guys were like established big name Bundesliga stars, but other than, you know, Berkey, it's, you know, you know, how, how well is Jensen's experience playing in Denmark going to translate into playing in MLS? Uh, Lutz Fanensteel seems high on these guys. Uh, Bradley Carnell likes how it's going, but um, it's really hard to say. I mean, but what I will say is I, I like the way this team looks for year two and year three and going forward, because once they get that experience, I think if, if the guys are in place, they'll do a good job. If we find out that these guys in fact are, competent MLS players, they should do very well in the subsequent years. But I think you're going to see a transition this season, which even for the guys that have been around who played with City 2 last summer, there's still going to be a transition to a new league. So it's going to be tough. So Mm. we shall find out. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, we're, we're, we trust Lutz. Um, We're not going to judge Lutz. Yes, but yeah, it was curious, you know, the roster construction and going so international heavy on players when that kind of formula hasn't yet proven to work in MLS. Mm-hmm. I think more MLS kind of guys with experience in the league has proven so far to work better. Um, do you think Do you think he didn't focus enough on MLS and no, did no. enough? Um, I, 
I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, um, you know, with how, with this team, would you be more optimistic about this team if it had a bunch of, you know, you know, if you were going to get the MLS players, don't think you were going to get great American players. I mean, you were going to yeah. get, you know, you're going to get the Tim Parkers, you know, Tim Parker is a very good, is, is a, is a good MLS player. Uh, yeah. Jake Nowinski is, you know, has been an MLS player. He has had, you know, six successful seasons in the league, but, you know, after a while, you know, you look at a lot of these guys and they, some of them, you know, a fair bunch were high draft picks who didn't quite click. They're the Josh Yarrows of the world. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, how are they going to, you know, how are they going to do? I don't know. Um, and if it's a lot of guys that are out to prove themselves, you know, want to, you know, I matured over time and say, okay, now I'm ready to go. Or do you have a lot of guys like John Nelson who, had trouble with Dallas, went to Cincinnati, you know, had his surgery, had just kind of restarted his career, had a really, really good year at Cincinnati last year, and then came to St. Louis. So you have guys like that who are all about to take that step. Um, I don't know. But one thing I'll say is these guys who came from Europe all are pretty darn enthusiastic about it. I mean, to a, to a man, these guys are like really sold on what everybody calls the project. So there's no questioning the enthusiasm. And there's none of these guys that are here for the paycheck. I mean, these are guys who are really committed to this and are trying to make it work. That's good to hear. Yeah, excited to hear that that they're excited. Um, is there a storyline you're going to be following closest to begin the season? Um, well, it's, it's going to be – the storyline is going to be how quickly this team – comes together, you know, I mean, the storyline is it's the first season and what's it all going to, what's it all going to do? You know, guys are learning, getting to know each other. Guys are getting to know the league. You know, we've been talking about this, but some of the guys, you know, if, if you are Isaac Jensen and you've played your career in Denmark, you know, you can go from one end of Denmark to the other in like about three hours. I mean, you know, it wasn't until he got to city two. I mean, he had to fly to Portland for, for a game you can't make a trip like that playing in Denmark. Um, you know, and so for a lot of these guys, it's going to be a really different experience. So it's how well do they acclimate uh, to this process? Um, and then how well do they acclimate to the system? Because that's one of the things you see is that, you know, the system has a lot of complexities to it, the high pressing attack, that they have built around and, you know, they're not going to be pressing all the time. It's not constantly pressing, but it's, you got to pick your spots to press. And, but to do that, you have to do it in synchronization with other guys on the team. One guy just can't say, I'm going to go press and the others don't because then it, it rips apart the offense or the defense at that point. And so that's going to be a, a problem. Uh, you know, how well, not a problem, but it's going to be something to watch. How well do they handle that? How well do they make that change uh, and adapt to that and play together? So it's going to be a lot of, you know, tests of cohesiveness um, for this team. And we're going to, we're going to find that out, but there are a lot of things. I mean, it's, you know, everyone gets along now, you know, how's it going to be when, as the lineup sorts itself out, um, you know, and also, how does this hold up over a long, hot St. Louis summer? 
you know, they're going to yeah. need this whole team. But if you're, you're pressing in, you know, July, you know, every week, it's going to, you know, going to be taking a toll on guys. And so they are going to need this team to be deep. And so they are going to, you know, you're not going to be able to see a lot of guys out there going 90 minutes every week because it's going to take a toll. So those are the things, you know, to watch is just how the team comes together, how the team handles the league, uh, you know, how the team grasps the concepts uh, it needs to have. Um, it's going to be a working process and there's going to be ups and downs. They're going to play, you know, good at some point. You're going to think, well, this, this team looks sharp. And then they're probably not another times. We saw with city too. And when they had midweek games with those weeks where you get three games in eight days. And when they got tired and, you know, had to either go to the reserves or play guys who were sap it, the team didn't have some of its best results. So there's a lot to learn uh, about this team uh, and how it stacks up with the rest of the league. It's going to be an entire season of discovery. Are there any under the radar players you think may surprise the season become potentially kind of fan favorites? Um, well, I, it, I, I have a hard time saying guys who are under the radar because to some extent, every guy is under the radar. Now, I guess if you rule yeah. out Berkey and Klaus, um, you know, Leuven, I don't know, you know, they might be guys who are above the radar. Um, I think people are going to love uh, Indiana Vasilev. He's just, he's just a great guy. But what's one thing about this team, everybody on this team that I have met and I've talked to just about all of them, they're all really good guys. I mean, and they, and there are so many fascinating stories on this team, whether it's AZL Jackson and his, his musical background, whether it's, uh, Samuel Adeniran and his fashion background. Um, yeah, there's just all sorts of guys that have interesting things about them. Um, you know, Jared Stroud is, is a, a great guy. Thomas Ostrak has apparently looked the best during the games at Coachella right now that they've been playing. Um, so how does he come in? He's, he's a pretty young guy. You know, he's going to though maybe step into a significant role. He was in, uh, playing a, a center mid role uh, yesterday uh, in the uh, uh, Vancouver game. Um, you know, he's in that position. He's going to get pretty, he's going to be very visible. He, if he is under the radar now, he's not going to be under the radar long. So um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys like that, but you know, Rasmus Alm who came over late, uh, not one of the guys from last season, he's apparently, you know, tenacious, uh, I'd say on the wing, but they don't call them wings. They don't think of this team as having wings. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that should be uh, entertaining to watch, a very aggressive player, uh, though there's only an, an incredibly nice guy off the field. He's one of those guys I haven't really spoken to because some of these guys I'm waiting for their English to, to come around on. Um, <laughs> they become easier for them to do interviews. Um, some of these guys – and this is something about Europeans is their English skills are better than any of our German skills or Italian skills or anything. You know, Isaac Jensen speaks English perfectly fine. Um, you know, Leuven's fine. Berkey's great. I mean, good guy, you know, Berkey, you wouldn't know if he didn't have an accent, you wouldn't know that he wasn't American. Um, so a lot of these guys, you know, it'll be fascinating to get to know them even more, but you know, there's just going to be a lot of interesting guys 
uh, on this team. Kind of, kind of stole our next question was uh, probably a tough one, but yeah, who was the most interesting player or staff member or coach that you've spoken to so far? I mean, the, the we've most, read a few of your pieces. Yeah. The most interesting guys, um, ACL Jackson is really interesting. Uh, Nico Giacchini is a, a fascinating guy. Um, and, you know, these are, and these are American guys who have been in Europe and who have gotten around and just, have, you know, somebody within the organization refers to ACL Jackson as the most interesting man in the world. I mean, you talk to him and it's like, wow, just the experience he's had um, is just is amazing. I mean, and the guy's not that old. I mean, he's, he's in his early twenties. Um, but those are, there are a lot of guys like that who have just had, you know, Fascinating experiences. Uh, Celio Pompeo, who we got to know last summer with City Two, is has been through a lot, and he is the happiest guy on the planet. Uh, you never <laughs> find a guy in a better mood than Celio Pompeo. I mean, he is just always uh, effervescent uh, whenever I see him, and he's just just you know delighted about everything that's going on. So uh, it's. It, it is a team of fascinating guys. I really can't, I'm looking at a roster right now and there's not a lot of these guys who I would say, boy, that, that guy's kind of, kind of boring. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's as though Dan and seal went to central casting for this team and said, I want good soccer players who have great stories to tell because they got great stories to tell on this team. Maybe that was a requirement. He wanted some, players almost as interesting as kind of his background. He might have, I mean, and that was part of what he's, what he, how he sold it to these guys. And it's, you know, and every guy, when you talk to him about the team, they say they, they wanted to be part of the project. They don't say I wanted to be part of the team. They don't say I wanted to come to America. They say, he told me about this project and I wanted to be part of it. And it's, it's almost like it's like, like in their locker or t tattooed on their hands that said, it's the project. It, it is the most commonly heard word within this team that this is a project. And that's something. So, I mean, they're, they're almost thinking about something bigger than just a soccer team than what they did at other places. They're looking forward to going out and doing something uh, beyond just playing soccer. Right. Yeah. It makes me think that, yeah, that they're kind of in it for the long term. that they think of it as a, just not a one year stop kind mm -hmm. of thing, which, yeah. yeah. Are you hearing anything on when we might expect a uh, return of Joakim Nielsen? Uh, you know, the, I was told he's making slightly better progress than initially expected, but I still think you're looking at May, um, you know, for when he's back. It's one of those tricky things. Uh, I, I don't know when you say he stopped, you know, stopped practicing because he was practicing up until, you know, even at the end of the this, uh, MLS Next Pro season. Because at one point he was thinking maybe he could be back by the end. And so, you know, Carnella said, you look at a, a two to one for every two months you miss, you need one month of recovery time to get back. So if you go by his last game, well, he played for Sweden in May. Well, then it's going to be a long time. Um, yeah. But if you go by when he last practiced, which is, you know, November or October, 
then May is about on schedule. So, uh, you know, it's going to be, you're probably looking at, um, you know, if you say three months from the start of the season, so it's going to be the middle, middle to late May. Um, if he continues to make good progress, uh, when he could be back. Okay. That's, and in the meantime, you see, that's one of the things we'll find out here in the, in the next two weeks, who's in that spot. Is it, is Jonathan Bell well enough to go there? Is Kyle Hebert there? Is Josh Yarrow there? That's one of those positions that's kind of up for grabs uh, right now. Hebert played in that spot in what could well have been, uh, you know, looked a lot like a potential starting lineup yesterday against Vancouver with a back line of Nelson, Hebert, Parker, and Nurinsky. Um, you know, but Bell is getting got to get his minutes up. He'll probably go, you know, 45, 60 minutes uh, on Wednesday when they play New York City FC. Um, can they get his minutes to a place where he could be there uh, in the first 11 against Austin? Or, you know, is it is it Hebert or Yarrow? And they looked at Hebert, obviously, yesterday. So, you know, I'm from – how we're interpreting it, you don't think there's kind of a leading contender yet, or maybe if there is, it's Kyle Hebert at this point? Based on yesterday and the fact that they had a shutout yesterday with that back line, I think, you you know, the fact that they played Hebert there, they have played Hebert a lot with Parker in camp and had Yarrow with another the other group, um, okay. and Yarrow was there yesterday. So Hebert, you know, might have the edge, but, you know, and this is something I thought with on the, on the one left side of, uh, of the midfield, you know, you've got Stroud with MLS experience and you got Jensen, who's a kid. They love Jensen. They loved how he has looked, but for that opening game, would it help to have a guy with experience like Stroud who, who has showed well in camp as well? So that's something there, you know, Yarrow has got MLS experience. He's not going to go out there in that first game and be intimidated by it. Um, Hebert, you don't know. He has not played an MLS game. You know, he, he has, you know, he's played, you know, college soccer at Missouri State and, and played MLS next pro. So, you know, do you want experience at that point? Uh, you know, Bell's got experience too. Hebert is the least experienced of the bunch. Um, so that's going to be a call they're going to have to make. We'll probably have a good feel at the Saturday game uh, when they play Atlanta as to what they're looking at. But it's going to be tough because if Bell or Yarrow, since they played 15 minutes yesterday, how much, you know, if they play 60, 75 minutes Wednesday, how much can they come back and play on Saturday uh, against Atlanta? No, they're not going to bring them back out the next day to try to go, you know, go 90 minutes three days later. So, yeah. That'll be a complication there. And then they had Nelson on the left side on that. That's normally Pedro's spot. Pedro missed a few days of practice because he had to come back to deal with a, a personal matter. So is it Nelson's spot having beaten out Pedro or is it just that Pedro, they didn't want to put him back into playing 60 minutes that soon after being out. That's another thing um, we'll be looking at. And then typically with the center backs is, is Parker usually playing on the right and Hebert as the left center back or is there? It is. It no has bad. been Hebert on the left side of the center and Parker on the right uh, okay. in the games they've played uh, so mm -hmm. far. 
So, I, but I don't know that Tim Parker, you know, can't play, you know, on the left side if uh, if he was needed to, especially because once I mean in the game flow, it's not, you know, I don't, especially on the center backs, there there's a lot of overlapping and crossing over. Right. But, but yeah. normally it's been from left to right, as it, this is how it was yesterday of Nelson Hebert, Parker Nerwinski. And and John Bell is left footed, right? Yes, and so Bell was on the left side. So the and the, when they brought in subs, it was uh, Pedro Bell, Yarrow, Watts uh, on the back line. Okay. 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 Um, uh, how do you think St. Louis fans will take to kind of that Red Bull style of play that we're likely to see? You know, as long as they're not playing zero zero games, I, I think they'll take to it. If they play a lot of zero zero games, people are gonna like, eh. But I think the first year there's a honeymoon period and they can get away with a lot of things. But it should be a style that is attractive because it's not we're gonna sit back and pack the box. We're gonna be aggressive in going forward. And I think that will appeal to non-soccer fans. Uh, and I don't know how many non-soccer fans will be in attendance at these games, but you know, I, I think it should be an appealing, aggressive, attacking style that people will people will like. And that if you're just they're just not going to be passing around the midfield for you know 45 minutes. It's going to be uh, chances on both sides, uh, depending how well it goes. Do you think? Do you think fan support will keep up if uh, results aren't happening on the field? Which kind of well, a- yeah, I think this season will be fine, and, and probably next season. Well, but you know, it's it's this is all relative. I mean, there is a point in which I guess the team could be so bad that people say, "Well, this is ridiculous." But I don't think it's going to be so bad, and he, I think it's going to be uh, attractive uh, soccer. Uh, to look at one way or the other. And, uh, you know, you guys have been to games and just what the atmosphere is like. The atmosphere is going to be unlike anything St. Louis sports fans have seen. It's going to be a different situation. It's not like a Cardinals game or a Blues game or a St. Louis U game or Rams back in the day. It's, there's going to be constant noise there's going to be constant cheering there's going to be people people standing up for the whole game i mean and that might put some people off who are like you know i I want to approach it like i'm going to the library or something and sit there and clinically analyze it but my thing about soccer in america has been that one of the reasons it never really took off in the past was that the atmosphere was bad you had eight thousand people in a sixty thousand seat stadium and it was, you know, it was like going to a, a little league game. If the only baseball game you ever saw was a bunch of kids at the park, you'd say, well, this is dull. Who wants to see this? But once you translate that and once you go to a Cardinals game where there's 40,000 people, you know, cheering and, you know, then it changes how you perceive the game. And I think that's something that for a long time has worked against American soccer is that it was seen in the wrong way. You were seeing empty stadiums, um, you know, and it, it just was nothing exciting about it. I, I think you've got, you're going to have 24,500 people or 22,500, whatever that number is. Every game, it's going to be loud, noisy. There's going to be, and it's, and it's going to be not, you know, 
disco music played during timeouts. I mean, it's going to be a constant noise. It's, you know, it's uh, Doug Logan, the initial uh, commissioner of Major League Soccer, referred to it as the sister sledging of, of sports, where you had to play all this music during stoppages. Um, and you're not going to have that because one, there's no stoppages. And two, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be self-created. It's going to be the atmosphere and the environment. So I think it's, I think that's going to kind of take the city by storm as it were. And people are going to say, well, this is, this is an enjoyable way to, to see a sporting event. And I think the atmosphere is going to be great. The way that stadium is built. Uh, I think it's going to be a great place to see a game. Do you think St. Louis will have any trouble showing up? I, I, we haven't looked at all four schedules of Cardinals, Blues, Battlehawks, and City, but if if they're all playing on this same day, do you think St. Louis will have any trouble sh- supporting one of the teams? No, I, I think there's there's potentially one day if the Blues are in the playoffs, if the schedule worked right, where they could all be home on the same day. Um, actually, I haven't synced to the Battlehawks schedule with this either, but I don't think it's going to be. I mean, they're going to be sold out for every game uh, for the first season. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. You know, it will be, you know, it'll be a challenge going forward, but you're talking, you know, if they play 17 uh, home games, mostly, you know, 14 of them are on Saturday nights. And so potentially you might have, you know, seven overlaps with Cardinals games on those days. Midweek games, you know, Wednesdays will be if there's a day in which you don't get a big crowd, that's usually the midweek games. But I, I think you'll I, I, I think there's more than enough St. Louis sports fans uh, to go around for this. Is there anything we haven't talked about with City that you think fans should be aware of? Um, no, you know, it, it, people always ask about how Apple TV you know, how can I see him on TV? Well, you can't see him on TV unless you go to Apple TV. Uh, that's something, you know, or do they do they lose a part of the, I say lose part of the fan base, but lose a chance to attract fans when that happens because they're not on Channel 11 or on Bally's or wherever you go, but it's the market they're looking for. And this is a, it's a young fans game. And that's the market that the league is looking for. Um and so, you know, that's going to maybe turn off older fans, but, or older people who are curious, but, you know, that's the, that's the way it's going to work. That's the option. That was a decision they made. And, you know, yes, you won't be able to see a game or you might be able to see one game on free TV during the course of the season. Certainly Cardinals fans have complained when the Cardinals are on Apple TV, but that's, and this is the reality. This is what all sports are going to be going forward. And MLS is ahead of the curve. So, no, I, I mean, I think we've, we've covered things. I mean, it's who knows what this season's going to have. I think if this team can be competing for a playoff spot, come, you know, the last come, you know, September, I think that would be something, um, you know, fan and steel is very confident, you know, what this team can do. Um, he knows better than I, but he also has a reason to be, you know, he's also running the team and it's his guys and it reflects poorly on him. If, if, if he's, ah, they're not going to be that good. Uh, you know, they're not going to be great. You know, can they, some people are predicting them, you know, that they're going to be you know last in the West. 
And that could easily happen because there's no way, I think, to know just how this team is going to go. Mm-hmm. Well, is there – we appreciate the time, Tom. Is there anything you want to plug? We saw <laughs> what STL Soccer Talk is uh, coming out soon. STL Soccer Talk, uh, it's, it, say it's, it's out on, our, on the Post-Dispatch website, stltoday.com. The first installment, but it's mostly me talking for eight minutes to say we're going to have a podcast here. Uh, but every week, stltoday.com, uh, STL Soccer Talk will be there. We'll be talking about MLS and St. Louis City every week. Uh, I'm on Twitter at STL, or oh, no, no, that's not it. I'm on Twitter at Tom Tim, <laughs> at T O M T I M M. And um, yeah, and and is a, this is a, a shameless plug is that you know, how much coverage we give this team, the bosses are going to be looking at numbers and um, they're going to say, if they say, well, no one's reading these stories, you know, that's going to, that's going to, to, why do we need to, you know, you know, devote this much to it. So it's going to be, yeah, that's one of the things we have to do is I have to make it interesting for people to subscribe to the post-dispatch and to read the stories and to tune into the podcast. So I've got a challenge uh, for to try to con- get everybody to uh, follow along. That's uh, it's, uh, something I've got to prove as well this season. Well, we'll definitely help promote. I don't think you'll have any issue getting, you know, a number of interested readers and listeners. So okay. we look well, forward to all the, all the content coming yeah. out from post-dispatch. Yeah. we got a special section coming out uh, next Sunday on whatever that is, February the 19th. Our uh, our fourteen page special section. It's kind of it's kind of a it's kind of a basic guide to uh, to the team. Uh, meet the team. I mean, it's 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 so basic that I like try to explain the offsides rule in it. But uh, <laughs> Benjamin Hockman and Ben Fredrickson have stuff. There's stuff about the stadium, about food at the stadium. Uh, it's kind of you know kind of here it is as the team gets started of uh, what's going on, and then we'll come. Awesome. And then, and then we'll have other stuff, obviously, heavy-duty stuff uh, all season long. We look forward to digging into that 14-page uh, piece next weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for having thanks me. Thanks again, guys. Tom. Yeah, we appreciate it. it. Take care. Enjoy. You too. Talk to you later. Yeah.